From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Bucknutters, it is Thursday, June 23rd, 22, June 23rd, 2022. That's the second time in four days I've screwed up the date. But that will not stop the show. As you can see, we are joined today on the Bucknuts Morning 5 by Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. Mark's environs look changed. He is en route to go see Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, Al Washington, James Laurinaitis, It's going to be a reunion up there. He will get a chance to see what the Fighting Irish have at camp. But we are going to spend today talking about the glorious aspects of what's going on at Ohio State this week. It has truly been an incredible week. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on the Twitter or the Book of Face, please smash the like buttons, do all that good stuff. We need it. Gentlemen, let's start with this. Bill. You've been covering Ohio State recruiting for a minute. Have you ever seen back-to-back-to-back like this? That means Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes, Noah Rogers. What could they possibly do for an encore? People are going to be bummed out today that they don't get a five-star receiver in the fold. Give us some perspective, Bill. Well, I, I haven't seen it at one position like it has been this week, you know, all wide receiver, five stars and Noah Rogers is a five-star guy. Absolutely. I mean, he's that good. Um, again, I was talking to a source yesterday that's covered North Carolina, the state recruiting for, I don't know, 12 years. And he feels like Noah Rogers is the best prospect to come out of that state in 12 years. And uh, you know, when this is all said and done, he might be the best of the group. Who knows? I mean, they're all great prospects. And and we don't want to forget Bryson Rogers. He's awfully good, too. He's really good. So um, a few a number of years ago, Ohio State had kind of a, a day where it went back to back to back and three guys through all committed right almost together. Paris Campbell, by the way, was one of them. But they weren't all at the same position. So this is kind of unheard of. And, you, you know, the job that Brian Hartline's done and Keenan Bailey has just been fantastic. And, you know, you're talking about now they're, they're not going to uh, look to get Rico Flores, who, you know, I have gotten out crystal ball to Notre Dame and Rico Flores is a tremendous prospect and it's just really incredible. Mark, you've done evaluations on several of these dudes. What's your vibe on uh, the Carnell Tate one? I'm always, Harken back to a story where you guys thought they had Chris Olave running drills. Uh, put in perspective what it's like just on the recruiting scene. You're someone who talks to coaches routinely across the board, um, programs that aren't able to do this. Kind of put in yeah. perspective what's taking place here. Uh, the word unfair comes to mind. 
you know, the the receivers that just left Ohio State, including including Jamison Williams, people are the buzz about that is just off the charts. But the word's been reload. And then not only reload with the depth chart, but you're reloading three years beyond the depth chart. Uh, the NS Tate and Rodgers and no Rodgers, it's unbelievable how good these kids are and how they're picking from the top of the tree on all three of these. I know it's frustrating for other college coaches because they can't get near these type of receivers. And Ohio State has literally got a depth chart full of number one receivers that could go to many other schools and be the featured guy. And listen, uh, let's remember what the main driving force of this is. And I say this every time. If we have, and this is going to happen again, when the NFL draft comes around again, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is the first receiver taken, you've got another year of glory to deal with in the Heartline's back pocket. So when those guys went 10, 11, 12 this year, this was almost a done deal. Go ahead, Mark. You know, You know, like you said, we thought uh, Alave was running drills before. Well, when Tate was catching balls for the quarterbacks, he was just standing there catching behind the net. It looked like an Ohio State receiver was standing there catching balls behind the net. It's amazing how many of these guys are clones of each other and have a lot of the same mannerisms and the same skill sets. And really, it it is picking from the top of the tree. And, and you know, Dan, what's going to be interesting now is the Buckeyes got good receivers, very good receivers in their 2022 class. You know, you've got your uh, Keon Graves, Caleb Burton, um, Caleb uh, Brown, uh, Caleb Brown. You know, those guys, those guys are going to have to step up because oh, yeah. uh, th- with this group right behind them, um, those guys are going to have to show relatively quickly that they are uh, that good and they are that good. But, you know, you got another group that's even more heralded right behind you. So it's going to be interesting competition-wise and playing time-wise the next few years. You know, I want to add one more thing. Watching Brian Hartline work the receivers at camps is one of the more impressive guys out there working guys in drills. I mean, he's running the drills with guys. He's including in every rep. He's competing with the guys. Hartline looks like he can still play. I mean, when he runs some of the routes warming up, I mean, it looks like you could throw him in a game for a few reps and he's at 100%. And I think he's almost competing with the receivers and pushing them. But I think not only is he an unbelievable recruiter, you watch him work with young receivers, the guys, that the respect he gets and the respect he's garnered from just me watching. Uh, I, I'd love my son to play for a guy like that because even if my son wasn't any good, there's no way you could do reps with that guy every day and not come out an unbelievable receiver. And we've talked about this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You get a lot of programs. Believe me, this uh, run for Ohio State has created message board, ch- message board chatter for other schools as well. Not quite as positive a response as we get on our boards to it, but Heartline's not going anywhere. I think when you see the other boards, they're questioning when Heart- Heartline's going to become a coach, when he's going to go to the NFL. So they don't really grasp how lucky Ohio State is to have a guy who is raising his family in Columbus. Like I said, is, I don't know this for a fact, but I have to assume is financially independent coming off a incredible, you know, pro career where he made, if you look at spot track, he made over $30 million playing football. Um, so the idea that he's just going to bounce as he, as he progresses, just not true. And we are very lucky because of it. So those other message boards can chill on that. Let's talk about some other bright aspects of the future. You alluded to it, Mark. Bill, Dylan Riola and Dayton Riola were here yesterday. 
What did you think of them in person? I am continually impressed with the size of Dylan Rayola, of course. The quarterback committed for the class of 2024, son of 11-year starter at center for the Detroit Lions, Dom Rayola. Younger brother, Dayton Rayola, was here. I've already taken to calling him the gem, given he's playing in Ohio, near the gem city. Give us an idea of what you thought of him in person and maybe, like Mark said, what it was like to see him toss some throws to uh, Carnell Tate. Well, first of all, it wasn't just a uh, stop by the camp time for the Rayolas. They were here for several days. They arrived on Sunday night, and they were here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So they were here a, a, a bit, to say the least. Uh, working with Ryan Day, obviously, was a big part of it. Working with Corey Dennis. Uh, those guys were out on the field working uh, with the coaches. And... <laughs> You know, Rayola's got Dylan at his tremendous arm, but Mark and I talked about this watching camp. The guy's got incredible feet. I mean, his feet look like pistons so far. They don't look like a um, 225-pound guy. Just tremendously quick feet. Almost looks like a wide receiver out there. So he's got the whole package, arm strength and size and and great feet. And uh, Dayton looks like kind of a chip off the old block, so to speak, you know, uh, his dad. It's going to be interesting to see if he ends up a quarterback or whatever in high school. But, um, you know, watching those guys, it was a lot of fun watching those guys out there throwing, um, you know, on Tuesday and all. Mark, that's the first time you've seen him actually in person. What'd you think? Yeah, B- Bill nailed it. The, the first thing we stood there and looked at is they had him going through a bag drill, and we said that's not the feet of a 225-pound guy, uh, which is awesome because when you see him drop back, he drops back with ease, and he sets up with a nice strong base, and it's because his legs are there. Uh, the other thing with him that's noticeable is he makes all the throws look easy. He doesn't stress his body out to make the hard throws. It looks like he's just standing. It looks like he's the type of guy that's going to be standing on a back foot and be able to zip one down the middle. Uh, The spiral and delivery is perfection. There's no flaw. There's no drop in the ball. I mean, watching him for about 45 minutes, I really came away thinking this kid's ready to go almost right now. And he's still got a couple more years to polish himself up. And same thing with the younger brother. Uh, Spins it really well, but he's a different body type. Uh, I don't know how he'll pan out in the next couple of years. And we also had Chase Herbstreet working out down there, the young freshman at St. Xavier. Uh, he needs to get a little bigger and stronger, but he's spinning it pretty well for a young guy. Uh, I don't know how long before it takes him to be the starter at St. X down there, but I think he's the heir apparent once he gets his chance. Uh, and the quarterback that was committed to Pitt, I thought was electric. I thought he fired some missiles, but a little bit raw, you know, had some misses or whatever, but I thought as a raw piece of clay, someone to work with, that was a heck of a quarterback there. It was interesting to see him work out while the pit coaches and Coach Narduzzi were at the Ohio State camp watching them. So a real neat atmosphere for the, uh, the the kids down there to work out in front of so many big-time coaches. All right, I'm going to get this out of the way now. We're going to take a five-second break here for those listening to the podcast, and then we will be back to rock. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, we are back. 
We're going to ultimately take a bunch of questions here, but let's talk about some of the other guys that were at camp. Some of the guys that got offers, some of the guys that starred. The first guy I want to talk about is Stacy Gage. May have been the highest rated player here. You'd have to correct me on that, Bill. Number two, running back in his class. Um, I cut up a picture for you for your interview. What did you think of him as a player and as a dude? Well, first of all, you know he's a, he's an outstanding talent, but also he's a really a, a great young man to talk to. Very down to earth and very personable, and very interested in Ohio State. I'll say, um, you know, I think in the crystal ball, there's maybe one or two picks, and there that's it's Oklahoma for him. Right now, just talking to Stacy, I wouldn't pick against the Buckeyes. I'm not saying I would crystal ball him to Ohio State right now, but I would not pick against the Buckeyes for him at this point. Uh, um, he's extremely interested in Ohio State, really has a good relationship with Tony Alford, very impressed with everything. Dylan Riola is recruiting him hard. You know, not a bad guy to be recruiting you. Um, so just uh, a, a guy that Ohio State fans should very much keep in mind for the future. What do you think of him, Mark? Did he remind you of anybody? You know what? The way he's built at 200 pounds with the bigger shoulders – he kind of had a little bit of a Mayan Williams feel, but bigger to him. But, you know, that, I don't know if that's a great comp. Uh, I was just impressed with the 40 offers. I can't believe how big time he was. Like you're saying, the top process to camp. Usually guys like that aren't coming to work out from Texas. Exactly. And, yep. yeah, I mean, it was nice to see him there. Going through the drills, he was explosive. I mean, he definitely separated himself from the other backs there and was the leader of the, the alpha, I would say, of the group, as he should be. One guy who also has made quite an impression, and if you show up at Ohio State and leave with an offer and you're a quarterback, we need to discuss him, Colin Hurley. Yeah, I am. Um, before I get to it, real quick, though, you know, um, Mark is talking about the running backs and all. Uh, Torrey Blaylock from Texas is a 2025 running back that um, really a talented kid. I mean, he is one of the top uh, young running backs in the state of Texas, and not too much has been said about him, but, but, should be said about him. But now getting back to the other um, uh, guy, Colin Hurry, Hurley, you know, outstanding talent. And now Ohio State has two 2025 quarterbacks offered, uh, Ryan Montgomery, of course, and, and Colin Hurley. And, you know, they're, they're both tremendous talents. You know, obviously I uh, lean – towards Ryan Montgomery in that, you know, I've seen him so many times and know him so well, but they're both outstanding talents. Colin Hurley, he really, he spins the ball like a, like an upperclassman and very poised young man and all. So it'll be interesting to watch how that develops because both of them are, are, are real possibilities to end up at Ohio state. Mark Hurley is from Jacksonville, Trinity Christian, Sean Wade high. What'd you think of them? Yeah, uh, to be honest, when I started watching the quarterbacks, there were about eight of them in that drill, and I didn't know who any of them were, you know, just a blind scout. I had him ranked third behind uh, Rayola and the kid from Pitt, and I thought, okay, these are the three, or maybe fourth, but then when I learned he was a 2025 and you factor that in, you say, oh, that's why he wasn't ripping the missiles like Rayola and the kid from Pitt, which those guys had arms on the upper end of arms. Uh, so yeah, once I got the names, got the classes up, it all made sense. And yeah, like Bill said, when you compare him to Ryan Montgomery, yeah, now you see the comparison and now you see where the progression is. And 
Bill's right. He's spot it, big, strong kid, can move around really well. Uh, I like them, but those upperclassmen, Rayola and the kid from Pitt, boy, uh, I walked away really impressed by them. But they're the older guys in the bunch, though. I bet it's a good way for Ohio State to judge, but still, you know, those uh, underwear Olympics, I'm not sure Rayola's the guy you want to be standing next to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he is so impressive in person, so big and strong. I mean, he's a you know, he, you know what? He almost looks like he's going to be a Peyton Manning type. You know, Peyton Manning's a 6'5", just big man. You know, almost looks like an offensive tackle on some levels. You know, he's so big and strong. Raiola's feet were way better than Peyton Manning's. I don't want to put that in the same boat. But, boy, he, he is going to be a big – when you see him behind center eventually, he's going to look enormous back there. Yeah. Lot to look forward to there. Bill, give us a little bit before we get a complete preview of this weekend coming up. And believe me, this is something you're going to want to stay tuned for. Arguably the biggest recruiting weekend of the year coming up. Tell me a little bit about Miles Lockhart. He left with an offer. Yeah, he's a cornerback out of Arizona, 2024 cornerback who uh, uh, really has the whole package. Um, He's tremendous, uh, just a tremendous athlete, and he he is absolutely interested in Ohio State. And Ohio State's recruiting so well in the state of Arizona, uh, so he is a guy to keep in mind. But, you know, one thing I want to mention, though, real quick, um, we haven't talked too much about, we kind of touched on a little bit, is uh, and people kind of uh, downplay because maybe high state doesn't throw to the tight ends a lot, but Kevin Wilson has brought in throughout these camps, some outstanding tight ends, and they are not really in great need of another tight end right now. They've got Ty Lockwood for the 2023 class and, and Jelani uh, Thurman is going to visit, make an official visit this weekend. Uh, and, and Riley Williams has high state in his final three, but they don't have to get another 2023 tight end. But Kevin Wilson has brought in some outstanding 2023, 2024, and 2025 tight ends to these camps. And uh, this camp, uh, he had three of them that were really, really good. Kylan Fox, a 2024 from Georgia, who's a tight end defensive end, got offered by Ohio State for both spots. Really impressive at Ohio State's camp on Tuesday. Uh, Brady Priestcorn from Michigan already had an Ohio State offer. The kid is six foot five, uh, 225 pounds, a 2024 kid. Really impressive on Tuesday. And then Bear Tenney from Arizona did not get an offer uh, that he's put out at this point, but he's a kid to keep in mind. He was very impressive. So they have those three kids at this camp alone. And the other ones, Kevin Wilson has brought into the other camps. You know, he's really getting after it for future Ohio State tight end recruiting. Yeah, I want to say the first person I pointed out that morning to Bill was Kylan Fox because he was a defensive end. I said, wow, I really like this long, tall kid. And the next thing you know, Bill said, they shut him down. They told him not to work out. They've seen enough. They want him to come back and do tight end this afternoon. And when he put his hand down and he took off across the field, He's got receiver speed at tight end. I mean, he's a next-generation sprinting-type linear athlete. There wasn't a corner or safety that could really hang with him once he opened it up with that big stride. I really liked him. I don't know if he can block a soul. I'd have to look at his film. But as far as receiving and athletic ability, he he was probably the best one I've seen at the camps. Uh, And then, yeah, Brady Prickson, big, strong, looks like a a young Jake Ballard, really long, looks like he has a lot of room to fill out. they did a good job, like you're saying. Kevin Wilson, I've, st- I've spent a lot of time at that tight end uh, position group 
watching tight ends work out this summer. And, and Wilson's another one like Heartline. He puts those guys through the ringer. I mean, there is no breaks. There's no taking it easy. It's, it's all hard work for those guys. All right, Bill. I want to start talking about the weekend ahead, but I want to talk about two guys in particular because as Buck Nutters are wont to do, I think I'm judging using my years of Buck Nuts experience here. The two most desired prospects left on the board for 2023 based on front row vibes. I'm going to go with safety Caleb Downs and defensive end Mateo Uyungale, or is he 24, Bill? Uh, he's 23, 2023, okay. yep. That's what I thought. Um, those two are now, I would argue, the two prime targets for us Bucknutters. Both expected to either have visited or will visit this weekend. Can you put in perspective those recruitments so I can knock out about 10 questions here at once from the <laughs> gallery? Well, Caleb Downs is coming in this weekend. Uh, Mateo has already made his official visit to Ohio State, went extremely well. Um, in the case of Downs, you know, people were not realizing, I, I mentioned this a, a number of months ago, just how seriously in contention Ohio State was for Caleb Downs. I put something out saying that Ohio State is a serious, strong contender to land him. And it was, you know, people I think were a little bit surprised that, wow, we actually got a shot. High State fans, we actually got a shot at this guy. I said, absolutely. And, and his visit is this weekend. And, it, you know, some of these guys, a number of them, I should say, it's going to come down to Ohio State or one other school. And these are outstanding prospects. Caleb Downs, you know, I think is, is one of those guys. I think it's probably going to come down to Ohio State uh, or Alabama for him. Uh, I wouldn't rule Georgia out, but I think it'll probably come down to one of those two schools. And right now, you know, kind of a, a shameless plug. When I do my preview on Friday morning for um, the guys making official visits this weekend, you know, I said, I'm going to say that if I had to make a pick, one single pick right now for downs, I'd probably go with Ohio State as the pick at this point. We'll see. Um, Mateo, he had a great visit. I, again, I, I think Ohio State is going to be one of the two finalists for him. And, uh, uh, these guys are absolutely – people are wondering where the five-star difference makers are on defense. These are five-star difference makers. Bill, let us know who else is going to be here this weekend. Um, obviously, you can't go through the whole list, but uh, let's let the people know who the key visitors are going to be, and then we will take as many questions as we can before we run out of breath here. Well, you've got a tremendous group of linebackers coming in, coming in. Uh, Tackett Curtis, you know, uh, uh, we've talked about him a lot. You know, he, he, he is, his official visit is finally here. And that's one again, that I, I like Ohio state as things stand right now. Uh, Troy Bowles from Florida, you know, we don't have to say too much more than him. Tremendous prospect. I think that's going to be a tougher one, but I, he's a, he's a tremendous prospect. Um, uh, then the Raul Papo Aguirre, people don't talk about him enough from Georgia. Great, great linebacker prospect. So certainly those three guys, uh, are coming in another name though, that I'd like to mention that people aren't talking enough about Jason Moore from DeMatha mm. high school. Really good. I mean, he can play tackle. He can play in, uh, 
and I've said that, you know, some of these guys, I think it's going to be Ohio State or one other school. Jason Moore's one of them. I, I really think he's going to end up at Ohio State or Notre Dame. I give the Notre Dame a slight edge right now, but he hadn't made his Ohio State visit yet. His visits, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State. I think it'll come down to Ohio State or Notre Dame. Uh, John Walker from Florida. Mm. I've got him crystal ball to Ohio State right now. Uh, tremendous prospect. Uh, uh, Kay and Lee, a cornerback that I think is is going to, uh, I, I think is likely going to end up at Ohio State. I'll like the Buckeyes there a lot for him. So there's a lot to look forward to. Darren Reed, defensive tackle, that, that is a tremendous prospect. Um, uh, I think Ohio State is going to be one of the two finalists for him. So, you know, it, what a group. And I haven't even mentioned Justin Haynes. You know, <laughs> if Ohio State can pull this one off, and they have a realistic shot. I mentioned this in my column last weekend. Don't sleep on Ohio State for him. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend to follow Ohio State recruiting. Justin Haynes, the running back from Georgia, son of Veron Haynes, pro. Caleb Downs, son of Gary Downs, pro running back. Just, uh, is it Jason? Do you say Jason Moore? Jason Moore. Yeah. Brother of Justin Moore, who, if anyone was watching the NCAA tournament, he's the guy in Villanova who tore his Achilles. He was their best player. And he comes from DeMatha. Hello. They're good at preparing athletes. See Chase Young, uh, Adrian Dantley at all. And, and Dan, I got to mention one other guy. I haven't Let's. mentioned. Uh, Olas Allen. Oh, yeah. Big time. Offensive tackle. He is just what Ohio State needs. They need great tackles. They got Luke Montgomery. If they can get Olas Allen, and my goodness. And right now, you know, people are talking about Alabama and Miami. I don't sleep on Ohio State for Olas Allen. He's vital. I think we've talked about all this. He might be the first left tackle we've discussed. And um, this just in, you need good left tackles at Ohio State. All right, we're going to start taking some questions here. This is completely off the script. Either one of you can take this. I have a feeling both of you will have a vibe. From Yakov 22 there it is. Bill, or Mark, or both. Why is Canton McKinley no longer a high-level program? First, is that accurate? Secondly, why? I'll let Mark go first on that one. That's more towards your up up there it's in your neck of the woods a little bit. Right in your wheelhouse there, Mark. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're not an upper-tier program. I just would say that the ebbs and flows of the recruiting game come and go. I know they've had a couple coaching changes. Coach Reardon was there for a couple of years. Uh, they had the Pizzagate thing there a little bit ago. Uh, maybe a little disruption, but they've had prospects come out of there. They've had some probably four or five MAC prospects come out of there the last couple of years. Uh, they have a kid uh, that just went to Akron last year, has an Akron offer now, a big offensive lineman. I wouldn't say that well is dry. No more dry than the Maslin well. Maslin's had a few prospects. I know they've had an Ohio State kid and some flashy stuff, but, you know, Will Trellhartson and a few others, it's not like they're putting out seven or eight guys a year. Uh, the Glenville pipeline dried up for a little bit. Uh, this just happens in the, the college, for, college football recruiting and high school football. Uh, the base of Kent McKinley, the, the, the neighborhoods and schools that feed that are strong, and you're going to get athletes through there, and you're going to get scholarship players. Uh, the I'm not repeating something I shouldn't, but 
it's tough to win at that level. You know, you just don't show up and say, hey, I'm Ken McKinley and people lay down and die for you. Those other schools, you know, they practice too. So maybe the wins haven't been there, but I wouldn't say it's it's a program that's in any trouble. I just think, you know, the ebbs and flows. Bill, let's piggyback on your preview of the weekend. Just like I think I'm legally obligated to ask who's the next to commit. We're going to combine that into one question here. Who is on commit watch of the guys you rattled off for the weekend? Well, it, it just really almost never happens like that anymore. And that the, you know, the old days, you know, somebody's going to commit on Sunday afternoon. Um, that's usually the way it happened. It doesn't really happen like that anymore or almost never. So, you know, I, when you say commit watch, it depends on how far out in the future that you're looking. Sure. There's some guys that I really like for Ohio state for this weekend. I just don't think they're going to uh, drop a commitment on Sunday uh, evening or whatever. You know, I mentioned Caleb Downs, if I had to pick right now, but uh, as one, you know, Tack at Curtis, I've liked Ohio State for him for a while. Um, you know, certainly he's he's another one. Kay and Lee is a guy that, you know, I, I like. Uh, Darren Reed is going to announce on July 4th, so maybe he is the guy that announces the soonest from the kids making official visits this weekend, and, and um, you know, I think Ohio State will be one of his final two, and and I wouldn't be surprised if I feel like it's Ohio State after this weekend. So, you know, maybe he would be the soonest because he's got the soonest announcement date, so to speak, of the guys coming in for official visits to Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, as we get further and further engrossed in the social media uh, era, we've gone further and further away from guys making decisions in that fashion. They tend to like to have a little bit of a spotlight. We started with, we had a stretch there where we were always going to everyone's high school. Um, then we were, now we got some combination of Twitter and these, uh, you know, thriller videos that require a budget that Michael Jackson would, you know, entertain. But uh, things have definitely changed. Bill, here's a topic I should have hit and I haven't. And if you could just, you know, throw maybe Brock Glenn into this discussion and, and uh, tighten it all up. Any news on the Austin Novosad decision? Austin Novosad, a quarterback, class of 2023. Yep. And uh, has offers elsewhere, is committed elsewhere, or has offers elsewhere. I know Brock is committed. One of them is committed to Baylor. Kind of put that in perspective. Um, we've discussed this. Once they got Rayola, and we know about Ryan Montgomery, this made this very interesting. Yeah, Austin Novosad is committed to Baylor. He made his official visit to Ohio State first. Then last weekend, he made his official visit to Baylor. Uh, both of those visits gave him a lot to think about. As he told me right after that Baylor visit, two very different schools, two different offenses, uh, just, you know, kind of different worlds, so to speak. At this point, he is simply weighing his pros and cons. He did not want to rush into a decision. I wasn't ready to make a decision. He said he's going to take this week uh, to weigh the pros and cons. And when he gets done, you know, the school with the most pros is going to be the winner, so to speak. And, you know, I, I expect Austin to make his decision um, maybe, maybe as soon as this weekend. If not, then early next week. Uh, Brock Glenn had a very good official visit to Ohio State last weekend. And, and I still feel like there's a pretty good chance one of those two guys will be the 2023 quarterback for Ohio State. Which one? Pretty up in the air right now. Still would be an incredible pull to get one of the guys to come in there under these conditions. 
I'm not sure there are many programs that could pull that off besides Ohio State. Maybe USC with Lincoln Riley, but uh, I don't know. All right, Mark, this is in your wheelhouse. From Duncan Montz, does Ohio State have any high school, excuse me, does the state of Ohio have any high school safety prospects that could play at the Ohio State University? Well, I wish I had my list in front of me right now. We saw... Uh, it was it right? off the top of your head, it's unlikely, in my opinion. Yeah, it's unlikely. And I remember doing the evaluations and putting the list of safeties up there that's just not the same. That In class of 24, we just watched Reggie Powers from Centerville work out as a safety. Uh, he might be more of a linebacker than a safety when it's all said and done. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's an Ohio State-level safety. Um, he was yeah, an eighth-grade teammate of my son at Fairmont Basketball Camp. And I remember saying to someone, he's built more like a football player than a basketball player. And he transferred and so be it. Go ahead. Yeah, you you, you nailed that in eighth grade. I, th- I think the same thing about now. Uh, it, it would be tough to, to with the safeties that are offered by Ohio State run right now for someone to trump them. Uh, I think I would look the corner like the you know Jermaine Matthews or something like that as the guy. I mean, we've offered the best secondary players in Ohio and coming out of uh, Lakota West, whether it's Malik Hartford or. Uh, Jair Brown, those type of guys. There's just no one on that level in Ohio right now that can run like those guys with their size. All right, Bill. I'm going to give you the floor to finish up here. Tell everybody how the weekend's going to go and how we will be following it here at Bucknuts. Well, you know, I'll be doing a preview on Friday morning of um, or early Friday afternoon uh, of who's coming in and give my thoughts on the kids making official visits this weekend and. Uh, you know, maybe a look at what I think it's going to come down to with each player. Uh, they'll do the official visits then Friday through Sunday. These visits have been generally wrapping up on Sunday mornings, and, and we'll obviously be covering that uh, Sunday evenings. I always post my uh, what I am hearing from the past weekend of, uh, of just kind of what happened and, and what to take a look at, what to maybe expect, and, and then it'll be into next week. Uh, people may not know that a dead period starts on Monday. You know, no more visits for kids to to schools. College coaches can still be in contact. They just can't have face-to-face contact. Decisions are going to be made. July 1st, Jermaine Matthews, the uh, corner from Cincinnati, is going to announce his decision. I've got him crystal ball to Ohio State. Um, July 4th, Darren Reed is going to announce his decision. So the decisions are going to start coming up during this dead period. Then you've got the end of July uh, is when things open up. The last week of July, things open up again, not for official visits, but but players can make unofficial visits to schools during that period. So July is going to be a month where there's going to be a pretty good amount of commitments, not only for high state, but across the country. And as everybody knows, you can't get better coverage of what's going to go on this weekend than you can from the Dean and his band of uh, other guys we have out there covering stuff. Two more guys we want to talk about are going to become millionaires tonight, and that is Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell. We will have coverage of the NBA draft. I know you Bucknutters love basketball chatter, so I had to add in here some at the end. Both Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell will be picked somewhere between, let's say, 10 and 25. Draft starts about 8, so about 9.30 or so. If you want to start, you know, hitting Malachi up for a for a loan, you might want to do that. We appreciate these dudes stopping by. You can't get any better.
than the Dean and Mark Porter. Keep it locked in here all day. Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a five-star commitment today, but you know what? I would not put it past these guys. Have a good one, Bucknutters. <laughs>